does stuff in our lives through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I am, sorry, okay, I have set a timer, all right. Okay, so I am, I alluded a little bit when I was praying about what I wanted to preach on, and uh, I wanted to talk, or what I've been thinking through this week a little bit is this idea of God, or being friends with God. And uh, for, some, for some believers here who've been around for a long time, you go, well, of course, I understand the concept of being friends with God. And uh, I'm aware that there might be others here tonight who maybe are newer to the faith going, how could I possibly be a friend of God? That doesn't make any sense to me. He's God, and who am I that I would even be uh, in the same kind of realms as him, and he would even consider me a friend? And we'll get into that a little bit now, and like, what, what does that look like, and what does that mean? So... I want to just go through a few um, passages of Scripture. I want to start in the Old Testament and just work, work my way through the Old Testament a little bit and then get to the New Testament and then hopefully we'll get an understanding of what it means to be a friend of God. Who here really knows that you are a friend of God? All right, so I'm preaching to the converted, which is cool, but um, hopefully we can learn something new as well. So Exodus 33, 7 to 11 says this. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it at a distance outside the camp. He called it the tent of meeting, and anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Now, anyone who was inquiring of the Lord, which means anyone at that point could go to the tent and inquire of the Lord, right? Does that make sense? Which means it's kind of like any of us at that point, if we were in that group of people, could go to this tent, Then, whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would stand at the entrances to their tents and watch Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses entered the tent, a pillar of cloud would come down and remain at the entrance, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent. They would stand up and worship each one at the entrance of his own tent. Thus the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. That's awesome, eh? Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, would leave not, would not leave the tent. And so we see that God speaks to Moses as a friend. He considers him a friend. And so Moses has this, it feels like he has a special relationship. And Julian alluded to it a few weeks ago when he preached about in the Old Testament, God speaks to certain people and he seems to pick out certain people and have close relationship with those people as they lead the people of God uh, in whatever dispensation they're in at the time. And so Moses is this friend. And we also see in James 2.23 that Abraham was a friend of God. So now we're talking about real giants of the faith. Right, Moses, I'm going to get to this now, but we're going, Moses was a friend of God, and now it says that Abraham was a friend of God. And it says, and the scriptures were fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. And so, from the very early outset of scripture, God is speaking to and calling specific people his friends. And but you might be thinking, sitting there thinking, going, well, of course God was a friend of Moses, and of course God was a friend of Abraham, because look at what Moses did. Moses leads Israel out of Exodus. He leads them out of Egypt. When last did you lead a whole nation out of captivity? When last did you approach a sea 
with the Egyptians kind of barreling down behind you and then put your staff and then the sea splits in two and you walk through the middle. Well, I don't, I would hazard a guess that no one in this room has done that. Maybe. If you have, please come and tell me afterwards. That would be amazing. Or, or, or experience God on Mount Sinai. So of course God is a friend of Moses because Moses has done all these incredible things. Or think of Abraham who's called the father of the faith who believed God and was counted to him as righteousness. So God comes to Abraham and says, leave the land, I'll take you and give you a new land. And so Abraham becomes a blessing to many nations and to ultimately the, the, the origin or the start of the nation of Israel. As we're thinking of these great people who were friends of God, you think of Moses, and I love that scripture, because it says anyone could go into the tent and inquire of God. Awesome, hey? So anyone goes in, but when Moses goes in, then a cloud appears outside the tent. The cloud doesn't appear when anyone else goes there, just Moses. And you think... What have I done? There's no way God is going to call me a friend of God when I put myself up against what these great men of God have done. Maybe you've done that, or maybe as I've been speaking, you're going, how could I ever possibly call a friend of God? What have I done actually ever? I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. And the truth is you haven't parted the Red Sea and clouds don't appear outside your door when you pray. Or maybe they do, I don't know. Maybe outside your prayer closet there's a cloud. Anyway, that'd be awesome. (laughs) And it's true that we are not good enough to be friends of God on our own strength. Someone can't just wake up one day and go, I'm going to be a friend of God because I just feel like that's something I'd like to do. In fact, 1 Peter 2.10 says this, once you were not a people. So, unless you were born saved, which again, is impossible. (laughs) At some point, you were not God's people. In fact, I'd say this, at some point, you were not a friend of God. In actual fact, we were enemies of God. Well, I wasn't a bad person. You, you weren't a bad person, but you were an enemy of God. But the amazing thing is, is that if we as believers, or we come to Christ, if we put our faith in Christ, if we surrender to him, if we ask him for forgiveness, if we believe what he's done, and if we obey him, that is an important aspect of Christianity. You see, I think we like all the God is so good, grace, I can just, oh, it's amazing, I can do whatever I want, but actually he calls us to obey him. And in fact, scripture says that, well, let me read what scripture says in John 15, 13 to 15. Jesus says this, he says, greater love has no, greater love has no one than this, than someone lays down his life for his friends. So Jesus talking to his disciples, saying, I'm going to lay down my life. And this is what love looks like. Someone laying down their life for their friends. So the disciples are going, well, okay. 
cool? You are my friends. If you do what I command you. (laughs) No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. And so Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, tells his disciples and then he tells us that we are his friends. Imagine being a friend of God. And if you are a believer, if you have submitted your life to him, if you obey his commands, that is what he calls you. In fact, Samuel can say confidently that he is a friend of God. God is my best friend. I can just stop preaching now, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. eh? Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, that's amazing, Samuel. I wish I had that revelation when I first got saved. But I I heard a story on the radio, or actually Heike told me about the story on the radio recently. And we were sitting in the spur, as you do. Uh, (laughs) It was last Monday and we were celebrating Sophie's birthday, so we were like, let's go to the spur. Anyway, and she's telling me the story and uh, look, I know, I know all of us listen to CCFM, because, but I was listening, she was listening to KFM, okay. You are know, hectic, I know, I know. I had to rebuke her, but. Um, <laughs> so we all listen to Wayne Show on CCFM, which is at, on Mondays? Mondays at six o'clock, Wayne Turner. <laughs> but Haki was listening to the radio, on KFM, and there's a, there's a DJ called Darren Simpson. Now, he's a bit of a heathen. Like, I mean, he's funny, but he's a bit of a heathen. And uh, anyway, he, he's doing an interview with a woman, and, she, and um, she's, she's a centurion, which means that she's turned 100. And so, yeah, amazing, yeah. And so he gets her on the radio, and he's doing an interview, and, and they're talking about, like, I, I didn't actually hear it, but I imagine, like, what does it feel like to be 100? I'm like, it's cool. Like, you've lived an incredible life. Like, it's, a, it's quite an achievement, actually, to live to 100. And then he says to her, I will play any song on the radio that you want me to play. To a 100-year-old woman. Like, he, he can guess what song he, she asked for. <laughs> Amazing Grace, that seems to be getting a lot of votes. Okay. You, you're wrong. <laughs> but after a hundred years of living, she says, the song that I want you to play on national radio at prime time, when everyone is listening, is what a friend I have in Jesus. <laughs> Crazy, hey? And because he said it, he's like, Okay. Oh, I'm going to do it. And he plays the song on radio for the whole country to hear of this woman going, for a hundred years, this is my song. And this is, I mean, this is, these are the first lines of the song. What a friend I have in Jesus. Sorry, I'm prone to cry. Bear with me. I'll get through this. <laughs> all as all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. <laughs> and you think this woman's got it. At a hundred years old, her best friend is Jesus. <laughs> and I'm sure she's had lots of friends over the years. I mean, I'm sure being a hundred, you've had many friends. I'm only 46. I've had a lot of friends over my lifetime. At a hundred, I think you're looking at like a lot. And I'm sure, this is a bit naughty, but I'm sure she's outlived most of them, to be honest. Like, how many friends do you have left when you're a hundred? How many friends do you have left when you're 46? <laughs> <laughs> Jules is my friend. <laughs> I do have friends. I do have friends. But the fact is, she's probably outlived most of them. And I'm sure she had many good friends in her lifetime. I'm sure she had friends who had different strengths or, or had um, their own weaknesses. But the fact is that her oldest and closest and dearest friend was Jesus. And we all have friends who have different strengths. I suppose for all of us, we've got the one friend who's this person and the one friend who's that person Perhaps the one friend is our empathetic friend. Who's got one of those? No one. Margaret's got one. <laughs> or another is a good listener or good counselor. And all those things are good. But we won't find a friend more perfect than Jesus. Perfectly loyal. Perfectly trustworthy, perfectly kind, encouraging, supportive, generous, honest, patient, empathetic, trustworthy, I've said that already, caring, forgiving. Where is that list from? That is a list from Google on what makes a good friend. <laughs> and Jesus is perfect in all of them. You can give any Google list of the best friends, qualities, and traits, Jesus will fulfill every single one perfectly. It could be a hundred traits. And so when we need comfort, he will comfort us perfectly. <laughs> and so Jesus has all the strengths. He's perfect in every way. He's the perfect friend. But let me say this. He is not a pushover. <laughs> sometimes our friends can be pushovers sometimes our friends can tell us what we want them to tell us in fact Jesus will do this he will tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear and what do I mean by that like we, we all have those friends if you need sympathy you'll go to the friend who is sympathetic Sorry, I'm just going to, this is a preacher's worst nightmare. <laughs> Sorry. And if we think we need to be encouraged, we will go to the friend who is the encourager. But when we go to Jesus, we should ask him what we need and not ask him what we want. Does that make sense? 
Ask him what you need, not what you want. Uh, I read this quote on Instagram. It's a little bit naughty, but it's interesting because it says this. It said, <laughs> it's, hard to hear God, it's hard to hear God's voice when you have already decided what you want him to say. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not scripture or anything. But how often do we do that? Jesus, be my friend and tell me what I want to hear. Not what I need right now. I want, tell me what I, I, I want to hear. You tell me what I want to hear. God tells me what I want to hear. No. No, there's no humility in that. And to oversimplify the point, sometimes we can make Jesus the good news Jesus all the time. <laughs> Whatever's happening, Jesus is just it's good news. I think there's an imbalance there. As much as, let me balance this, going, sometimes we can make Jesus always the bad news Jesus. So sometimes we, we, we're always the best and sometimes we're never good enough. And we can, we can make the mistake of painting Jesus in either one of those things as well. I love Psalm 23. I was talking to Rod about it. I said, Rod, your name's in the Bible. <laughs> Check, where is it? There, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> we literally were having a conversation before church. But how awesome is this? It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. And I love it because it's perfect. Actually, what it means is it's perfect counsel. There's, on one side, there's the rod, which is authority, power, discipline, defense of the sheep. On the other side, there's the staff, which is um, the long-suffering and kindness and grace and mercy of God. And so we go to our shepherd and we go, Jesus, what do I need? And because he is perfect, he'll go, I think you need this. Or I think you need that. And often it's not what we think that we need. How often do we go for correction and he says, no, I'm going to give you comfort. Or how often do we go to him needing comfort and going, Jesus, and he goes, no, I think you need correction. But in our mind, we, we've made up our mind. Jesus, comfort me. No. My rod and my staff is perfect. I love it. It's so perfect. Let us not presume that we know what we need from God. Let us go to him humbly and go, Jesus, what do I need? You are the perfect shepherd. The perfect shepherd knows what the sheep need. And as the perfect shepherd, he knows what we need and when we need it. Perfect comfort, perfect peace perfect correction, perfect kindness, perfect rebuke. And our song goes on to say this. Uh, this is such an awesome song. I actually didn't know this song before this. Have we trials and temptations 
Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. <laughs> but let me say this, as much as Jesus is the perfect friend, there's two sides to every friendship. Now, who here has been in a one-sided friendship before? Yeah. <laughs> one-sided friendships are not fun. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we all know that. So do I need to describe, for those of you who've never, never, had, never been in a one-sided friendship, let me describe what it is. A one-sided friendship is very much what the name says. You put everything in to the friendship, and the other friend gives nothing back. Like literally nothing. Or maybe they phone you once a month, and like, I'm giving into this friendship. Like, no, no, you're really not. Like, this is a one-sided friendship. And I think our friendship with Jesus can sometimes tend to be one-sided, if we're honest. And I think we need to be fostering a good friendship with Jesus. Are we, here's a question, are we a good friend to Jesus? So we really established he's a perfect friend. He's perfect in all of his ways. Are we a good friend to Jesus in how we respond to him and how we nurture and foster our relationship to him? It's a rhetorical question. How do we cultivate friendship with Jesus? Here are a few ways we can cultivate a friendship with Jesus. Communion. Spend time with him and spend time in his word. We heard from Rod last week who has had this transformation where all it took, and this is incredible, this feels like it's a sales pitch of like, just do this and this will happen. All Rod did, which was so revolutionary, was read his Bible every day. And it transformed his relationship with God and I dare say with people in the church. And maybe even with himself, how he sees himself. Is that fair to say? Yeah. <laughs> you see, Moses would go to the tent of meeting and says this, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So Moses would go to the tent of meeting in order to spend time and talk to Jesus, to commune with him. And in our scripture in Exodus 33, actually Moses is going to the tent because what's happened before that is God says, I will give you the promised land and I will give you victory over the enemies, but I'm not going with you. Moses is like, no, I need to go back to the tent and speak to God because I will not go unless you go with me. And so Moses is being very honest with God. In fact, he's petitioning God. And part of our communion and talking with God is actually petitioning him and, and, and being honest with him in our communications with him. And God, this is where I'm at. The John 15, 4-6 says, this, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Communion. Spending time with God. 
is one way of fostering our friendship and relationship with God. Obedience, we saw this in the scripture in John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. What is that if? It's a condition. Yeah, it's a condition. <laughs> condition, ultimatum. But scripture is full of it. Scripture is full of, of conditions. If you do this, if this, then that. If this, then that. You are my friends if you do what I command you. So there's obedience there. There's, and, and I think we can foster our friendship with God by, by practicing and being obedient to what he asks us to do. I'd say obeying him delights him and strengthens our bond with him. Wow. That was 25 minutes. I'm almost done. And then the last one, the third one, because everything works well in threes. Self-sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of quiet comes over the congregation. <laughs> what do you mean by self-sacrifice? <laughs> well, Jesus says in, in John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. So what is Jesus modeling there? He, he's modeling self-sacrifice. We read that and go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thanks, man. Thanks for laying down your life. That's amazing. And now I'm your friend and you've laid down your life for me. He's like, yes, that is what I've done. But see what I'm modeling. Jesus models something of real friendship by giving his life for his friends. And we do the same in gratitude. We lay down our lives for him and for his service. I think self-sacrificial friendship is amazing. Like who wouldn't want a friend who would lay down their life for you? I mean, I, I was preparing this sermon and I met with Jules in the week. I think it was on Tuesday. And we had, we had an awesome time together. At the end of it, I said, I'm preparing this sermon. I realized I'm actually not a very good friend. To real people and sometimes to Jesus. <laughs> you see, the wonder of all of this is that we could consider ourselves friends of God. And I, I, I love Samuel's enthusiasm when he said, Jesus is my best friend. I, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if I had to ask you tonight, is Jesus your best friend? <laughs> That's a resounding yes from you, but it's a real question. In fact, I would, I'd, I'd even ask myself that, is Jesus my best friend? If someone had to come to you, and, and this is, if someone had to come to you and say, who is your best friend? Um, Dave. You see, I think we think too naturally about this stuff. 
Because immediately we go, oh, who, who's my oldest friend? Okay, Ryan. Okay, I've not, okay, Ryan's my oldest friend. Is he my best friend? No. Okay, what about... Jules is a good friend. Okay, is he my best friend? I don't know. <laughs> but I think we, we disassociate the, the, the spiritual from the physical. And in fact, I think we should just be going, who is our best friend? Jesus. Can we tonight go... I would, well, can we ask ourselves and can we, can we just go, Jesus, if he isn't your best friend, can you resolve tonight to work on your friendship that he, so that he becomes your best friend? That is what I'd like to leave you with. Could you, at 100 years old on the radio, say to the DJ, what song do you want to hear? What a friend I have in Jesus. For 100 years I've walked with him and he is the best friend I've ever had. Can you play that song for me? <laughs> I mean, we'd, we, we, <laughs> if we went on the radio, what song can I play for you? I don't know, like, I don't know, Take On Me, Aha, uh -huh, I don't know, some like song, like some cool song. <laughs> we were rocky, yeah, like Bohemian Rhapsody, oh, I love that song, it's such a jam. <laughs> Something, BTS, what? No, dude, no. I'll draw the line at BTS. <laughs> well, you were in Korea, so maybe BTS is your favorite band. I don't know. That's quite concerning. Anyway. It's amazing to think that we are able to... Uh, hear, me, hear me on this. This is my final point. It is amazing to think that we are able to commune with him like Moses did. Believe, trust, and follow him like Abraham did. And walk daily with Jesus like the disciples did. It's an incredible privilege to know God. Really it is. And I, I said it now, I said it earlier when I was praying for people. If you don't know Jesus as your friend, if you don't know Jesus as your best friend, I would encourage you tonight Come and speak to me. Come and speak to one of the elders. But he, he will change your life like no other friend ever has, ever. Yes. Seriously. There are people in this congregation who can attest to that. So let me pray. 